0: Stay tuned for the mystery theater. Come in. Welcome. I'm E.G. Marshall. The executioner waits. He waits. We are taught... For those who commit evil, he waits for them patiently, secure in the knowledge that they must come to him in the end. But this was true of a more orderly, organized era. Today, the executioner still waits, but not only for the criminal. Patiently, calmly, he waits for any of us, for all of us. He could be waiting for you. He could be waiting for me. But why? have we done? Who knows? Today there are executioners who have reasons of their own. Mr. Weller? Hey! How did you get in here? Are you Mr. Arnold Weller? Yeah, I'm Arnold Weller. Couldn't do for me to be mistaken. I've come here to present you with a gift. Yeah? The most precious thing in all this world. It's called justice. I have come to give you Hey, uh, put away that gun. Are you crazy? Justice, Mr. Arnold Weller. Uh, I give you justice. <laughs> Our mystery drama, The Little Old Lady Killer, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Sam Dan and stars Diane Baker. And Ann Seymour. Some people die for serious reasons, and some people die for trivial reasons, and some people die for no reason at all. Tom Fessler is about to die in less than ten minutes from now because he decided to stop at a roadside diner for a cup of coffee. Well, it's not so much the coffee. Perhaps Tom feels like bragging a bit to Sparky Wilson, who runs the place. This has been a day of days for Tom, a red-letter day. After all, it isn't every day that a man's efforts are crowned with success. And a man can become the envy of all his friends? Tom wants to savor this day to its fullest. He wants it to last as long as possible. And so he turns off the highway and pulls into Sparky's parking lot, making sure the station wagon is parked just outside the front door where everybody inside can see it and marvel. But as Tom Fessler walks into Sparky's, he is immediately disappointed. The place is usually jammed with a hunting crowd, but tonight there isn't a soul, save Sparky himself and a gray-haired lady sitting at the counter. Evening, Tom. How's it coming, Spark? Can't complain. Who'd listen anyhow? food? <laughs> cool yeah, cream and sugar. Anybody been around? Didn't gone. Anybody bag anything? Oh, they'd be uh, bragging if they had... <laughs> Well, Spark, take a look out the window. Yeah? See what I got on top of the wagon? Tom! <gasps> yes, sir. That's, That's a ten-point buck. Oh, he must well, wait. Look at it, a buck that took the scale of 350. You're terribly proud of yourself, aren't you, mister? I beg your pardon, ma'am? What have you done, actually? You transformed a magnificent animal into a mass of decaying carrion. Oh, look, ma'am, I don't ask what you do for Pleasure? Pleasure butcher, an innocent living creature. This is how you find pleasure? look, I, I'm not bothering you, and I'm afraid you are. Your very presence, indeed, your very existence is an insult. Now, oh, look, mum, this is a public place. I'm sure it is, indeed. Much too public for my taste. How much do I owe you, sir? Tea and toast and tax it's 37 oh, cents. Ma'am. Please, be my guest. I'd rather not, thank you. There's a judgment there is a judge. And you have been judged... Your eyes will beg for mercy as did the now sightless eyes of that poor beast. And the mercy you will receive is the mercy you have shown. None. Goodbye, man. The creepy old dame. Yeah. <laughs> this one's nothing. You should see some of the others who come in here. This rolls off your back. Tell me, where'd you bag him? What do you use? I'll never believe it. My thirty caliber carbine. Yeah, right. I'll never believe it. Yeah. At Ten points. You can kill anything with a perry if you hit him right. Yeah, uh, that had to be a lucky shot. Why not? My lucky day. Super stopping. Well, what's who's here? Aren't you the lady that gave me that hard time back in the diner? My car, it, it it simply won't go. Well, ma'am, if you ain't too proud to accept a hand from a killer of innocent animals. My car, it, it just won't go, and and I, I'm stuck in the middle of absolutely nowhere. Okay, ma'am, you just hold on. Let me get my flashlight and take a peek under the hood. Well, you're going to get something, anyhow, ma'am. It's a good clean sport. Okay. Now, let me check her out. See what's wrong. You want to get in there and turn on the ignition? No. Just turn around. What do you mean, no? I don't want to turn on the ignition just yet. Why not? Turn around. Huh? That's a little pistol. Yes. I intend to kill you. You crazy? What do you want to kill me for? That poor animal lashed to the roof of your station wagon probably asked the same question. Pray. Yes. Now, no, look. Probably need another shot. Did you use more than one? Maybe. Yeah, I. I told you they would beg for mercy. How large they are. How round. How bright. I told you. The mercy you will get will be the mercy you have given. Please don't. Have you ever shown mercy? doctor. doctor. <laughs> This? Information. Information? Well, what do you want? I'm a, a police detective at uh, my You? A detective? My name is Lieutenant Kramer. I'd like to ask you several questions. Yes, ma'am. Your name is Harold Wilson. You're known as Sparky? That's yes, right, ma'am. Last night, a man was shot to death at the side of the road a mile and a half south of here. Yeah, yeah. It's Tom Pressler. You knew him? Oh, we were old buddies. I you I'm the last one who saw him alive. That is, aside from the killer. When did you see him? Well, he was in here. Uh, it was about 10.30. When he left here, was there anything unusual about his manner? No, he was laughing and joking. You know, he bagged himself a he? he was in this place at 10.30. Was anyone else around? No. You and Tom Sessler were alone? Yes, ma'am. All the time he was here? Well, yes, we were alone after she left. After who left? Oh, I don't know, some day. A day? She's a crazy old dame. How old? Oh, she could have been sixty, she could have been seventy. How crazy? Well, oh, she had this thing against something. What thing? Well, Tom had the dead buck on top of the station wagon. She didn't go for that. No way. What? What do you mean? She said. Oh, she said you are going to be judged. You're always for be bed for mercy. But you ain't gonna get none at all. Something like that. Can you describe this woman? Just an ordinary-looking old dame with white hair. She was wearing... Uh, wearing, wearing... A uh, uh, trench coat. And, and uh, what do you call them things that my, my wife wears? One, A, 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 a kerchief. A kerchief for red oh, what, what, what color was the trench coat? Uh, trench coat color. Well, you know, we're uh, cocky. What color was the kerchief? Well, it was uh, blue. Yeah, kind of kind of a bright blue. Yes. You've never seen her before? No, I tried to keep nuts out of here. I don't mean nuts exactly. I'd starve to death. I mean the uh, kind of nuts that starts fights. You didn't say she started a fight. Well, she was going out it pretty good, you know. This and that and the other thing about butchering poor, innocent animals. She walks out of here mad. How mad? Well, mad enough to kill somebody. Except she wouldn't do it. Why do, you, why do you say that? Well, how could she? She's so dead set against killing. We know it was a woman, Inspector. Look, Louise, just because Fessler had a few words with an old dame back in a diner. So put the old lady aside for a Look at the rest of it. It's late at night. He's got this dead animal on the roof of his car. Suddenly he stops. Why? You can see he was speeding by the skid marks. He pulls over to the shoulder. You can see the tire treads clearly in the dirt, and there was another car there too, parked and waiting. How can you tell? They were tire marks. You can see what happened. A woman flagged him down. Why do you insist there was a woman? Well, he wouldn't have stopped for anyone else, given the lateness of the hour and his rush to get home. So it's a woman in trouble. What kind of trouble? Car trouble. Well, that's good theorizing, Louise, but you need something solid or specific to support it. But I do have something solid, and it's in the report. What? Found at the scene. Flashlight with Fessler's name stamped on it. But that flashlight doesn't necessarily prove... Picture it, Inspector. A woman flags him down. She says she has car trouble. The normal thing for him to do is to take the flashlight so that he can look for it. From what we know about Fessler, he was a big-hearted guy. He might have also stopped to help out a man. The gun. What about the gun? A twenty-two caliber. It's not a man's gun. Oh, now, Louise, I know a guys who committed murder with those little pistols. But your average killer, who's a man, likes a good-sized weapon. It's all part of his psychosis. Now, go back to my little old lady in the diner. Yeah? She's basically afraid of guns, so she uses the smallest one possible. Why does it have to be your little old lady? Suppose she was young, good-looking. He fixes her car and says to her, Now, wouldn't you like to thank me? He forces her to thank him. With a couple of twenty-two caliber bullets? Yeah. But your young lady doesn't exist. My old lady was in the diner. She goes around passing judgment. She loves animals. She hates hunters. She goes down the road a mile or so, pulls over, waits, and flags them down. How are we going to find an old lady in a khaki trench coat and a blue kerchief? Inspector, I'm afraid we haven't heard the last of her. Hello? Oh? Yeah, he can have credit. He's the kind of chump we're looking for. But you gotta let him win a couple of hands. One or two big bucks, and he's hooked. I'll be out in a little bit. Sure. Good evening, Mr. Weller. Oh? Yeah. Huh? Mr. Arnold Weller? How'd you get in here? We have some business to discuss. Look, lady, I don't know how you got in, but before I throw you out, let me wise you up. Hundreds of old dames like you come around beefing because their husband's lost money gambling in my joint. But it's legal. The place is legal. I, I, I got a license. My husband never gambles. Neither do I. Well, you are. What's your name? My name is Bernadette Cobb, Mrs. J. Martin Cobb. My consuming interest. Look, lady, I don't have time. You have time. You have all of eternity. Now, look, I don't want to be impolite, but be it. Certainly. After I attend to my business. In my purse, I have a... Um... <laughs> there it is. Hey, put that thing down. What are you pointing that gun at me for? I intend to kill you. Look, all all I do is run a joint. People come here to gamble. I don't force nobody. I don't care about this place, Mr. Weller. What what, what place are you talking about? I don't own any... any, any... The other place, Mr. Weller. The other place. What other place? Look, you got it all wrong. The other place. The other barbaric, sadistic, fiendish, infernal place. No, 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 please. I'll 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 give you some gold, And I'll give you justice. (laughs) Justice. Justice, says the lady. Well, obviously we have here a freelance dispenser of justice. Mrs. Martin J. Cobb. Justice and Humanity. She certainly seems to have the purest of motives, but somehow, like so many dedicated reformers, it all comes down to the same thing in the end. Murder. Evidently, Mrs. Cobb agrees with the poet who, in describing nature, depicted it as a place where every prospect pleases and only man is vile. Well, we may consider Mrs. Cobb an extremist in her attitude towards animals, but let us be fair. Animals in general have not been getting a good deal from us members of the human race overall. And so even if they have found a somewhat over-enthusiastic partisan, it still isn't going to seriously change the basic balance of things. Well, what with Mrs. Cobb as the killer and Lieutenant Louise Kramer as the detective, it appears to be Ladies' Day in our little show. The ladies will present us with more check and mate But I return in just a few moments with Act Two. Wasn't it one of our outstanding men of letters, Mr. Henry David Thoreau, who said, if a man does not keep pace with his companions, perhaps it's because he hears a different drummer. Let him step to the music he hears. Well, now, this is one of those philosophical gems which sounds fine on paper. It may be all right to listen, but to march is something else. Mrs. J. Martin Cobb has been marching to the beat of her own drummer lately, and so far, she has killed two people. Because by this time, you have become a fine, highly perceptive, experienced, and discerning audience you know that we shall hear her deadly little twenty-two caliber pistol bark again. Oh, Martin, Martin, what color you give those strings. Darling, I was merely one of the players in the Is there anything new in the newspaper, my dear? Nothing new. Same murder, robbery, assault. Same saber-rattling, threats squabbling. Changed only are the names of the people, the nation. Is there anything of uh, a purely local interest, Martha? Well, if murder is interesting, we seem to have a minor crime wave. Indeed. You recall a hunter shot to death last week? I consider that supreme and sublime justice, A hunter. Hunter, 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 You must not take on so at the mere mention of the word hunter, Well, for the stupidity and arrogance and carelessness of a depraved hunter. You would not be condemned to spend the rest of your life in a wheelchair. Darling, the man meant no harm. I should have known better than to stroll through the woods during the height of the deers. That's what I mean, Martin. You had no right to stroll peacefully, but he had the right to stalk and kill. At any rate, the same person who killed the hunter killed a rather unsavory individual named Arnold Weller. How does the police know that? They have scientific tests of one sort or another which reveal that the bullets were fired from the same gun. And do the police have any idea as to who the murderer might be? According to the newspaper, they're following certain significant leads, which is another way of saying that they're completely in the dark. These two victims of of no great loss to civilized society. The Hunter wasn't a bad fellow, according to the press. Are depraved. You should have seen that poor dead beast slung across the top of his car. Darling, you talk as if you actually had seen it. Well, I, I, I read the description and, well, my, my vivid imagination. Mm-hmm. Uh, the latest one, uh, he was a professional gambler. He operated a rather questionable establishment. He also did other things. What do you mean? Well, I I, I I, assume he did other things. My dear, you become much too emotional about these sensational crimes. I don't think we'd better even discuss them anymore. They're too traumatic for a person of your delicate nature. Well, Louise, how do you square your little old lady with Arnold Weller? Inspector, there has to be a connection. Show me. Your own reports, you can't find any link between Fessler and Weller. You can't even find any evidence that Arnold Weller ever hunted. I'm convinced that my old lady killed Tom Fessler. But with Arnold Weller, your cruelty to animals premise goes out the window. And without that, you don't even have the little old lady. I know why she could have killed Fessler. I agree, but why should she kill Arnold Weller? He didn't hunt or fish. He never even owned a cat or dog. He was never involved with animals in any way, shape, or form. That, that we know of, Inspector Farley. That we know of. Well, if we like to light you, Detective. How's the car business these days? You knew Tom Thessler. Oh, yes, mum. Did you also know a man named Arnold Weller? Arnold Weller? He was shot to death the other day. Oh, yes. I think I read about it. You didn't know him? Uh, no. No, definitely, or no... After a pause for thought. Well, you know how it is. I'm just trying to give a straight story to a cop. you saying you didn't know Arnold Weller? Well, yes, I knew of him. I knew enough to make me want to wring his neck. Is that a fact? Yes, mum. Maybe I shouldn't say that to a cop who's investigating his murder, but... uh, But what? Oh, he had a little action going there. I just couldn't see it all. He used to run dog fights. Dog fight? Oh, it's against the law, but who am I to tell you? But he used to stage those things. Cockfight? I don't mind cockfights. I even go, and I bet. But they're nothing. <laughs> Just chickens. And we eat chickens, don't we? the dogs. the trained dogs to tear each other up. Dogs. How can any human being be so cruel to a dog? And... You would stage dogfights? Oh, we had this big bar not far from the intersection eight off the turnpike. I'm surprised the cops never tumbled. Well, thank you. (laughs) Thank you very much, Mr. Wilson. Well, I don't know what for, Lieutenant, but you're welcome. Inspector, my old lady is right back in. The cruelty to animal's angle is back in. She killed her because he ran dogfights? That's right, Inspector. I don't know, Louise. You can take a premise and run it halfway to the moon. What else have we got? Uh, Nothing. I realize it's embarrassing. What's embarrassing? The fact that such an illegal activity was flourishing within the city limits. Well, it's not embarrassing to me. Let the uniform guys worry. Well, how about the little old lady now? Do you realize how many white-haired old ladies there can be who wear trench coats and blue kerchiefs? And carry twenty-two caliber pistols? Well, suppose she isn't carrying it at that time. Oh, thin lips, too. All right, Louise. It'll go out to every station house in the city. <laughs> Bernadette? Yes. Yes, I'm home. I'm furious. But why, my dear? Why? Oh, I... I don't know if I can talk about it now. Surely. No, no, it was too terrible. Now perhaps if you told me. No, no, I mustn't. My darling, when you share a load with someone, it's only half as heavy to carry. No, there's no point in making you as furious as I am. Darling, perhaps a nice hot cup of tea. Usually in those matters, I, I, I have been prepared to act almost on the spot. But this time, I lack the proper. Of... Yes, the proper what? My dear, you two in Crystal, you know. Her day of reckoning is soon to be upon her. Day of reckoning? My dear. my dear, you two say the strangest thing. Oh, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have upset you, Martin. Here it is. Staunton Road. Nice, quiet, deserted. Four two seven, four two five, 427, 425, and this should be... Four, two, three. The name in the mailbox says Harris. Right. And we shall go around the back way. Someone to the back door. And... Aha! There's the dear girl hanging up the clothes. Mrs. Harris. She doesn't hear me. Wait. It's better that she doesn't hear me. Because if she heard me, she turned down her transistor radio, and in that case, someone might quite possibly hear the shot. No, this way. I am hidden by the trees in her yard, and the shot will be masked by the sound of the music. So, Mrs. Harris, Mabel Harris, I say to you. If she's your old lady, her name is Mrs. J. Martin Cobb. Who found her? A very smart young rookie cop. He saw this old lady going into an apartment house mm-hmm. on his beat. He stared at her because she was wearing a blue kerchief and a khaki trench coat, see? Oh, I... It seemed to him she was uncomfortable just because he was looking at her. I understand. It's an extra sense every good cop developed. But he must have been born with it. Well, he remembered He'd seen her come in and out of the house, dressed just that way. But the next time he saw her, after he gave her the once-over, she dressed differently. How differently? Blue coat instead of a trench coat. Had no more kerchief, And she even had a different hair color. It's as if she's on to something. Let me get Sparky Wilson. Do you want to be in on this, Spector? Something tells me I'd better. you're giving us your time, Mr. Wilson. Well, look, if it helps us back Tommy Fessler's killer, you can have all day. A look through the windshield. Look at the people coming toward you. And if any of them reminds you of anyone you've ever seen before... Well, this guy coming along here, he reminds me of a guy I was in the army with. Mm-hmm. But he's different. And that young came. <laughs> Lord, lonely, I used to run around with a chick like that. <gasps> Oh, look, how can this be? Helpful? Just keep it up. then uh, that older dame he's uh, turning into the apartment house. She reminds me. Of... Yes? Where have I seen her before? Have you seen her before? That's her. Uh, the old woman who was in my diner the night, Tom Fessler, was killed. The one who threatened him with retribution? She's got different air, but i would never forget that face. Well, Inspector... Well, what, Louise? Do I pick her up? And suppose she doesn't have the gun? You realize the only thing that can hang her is a twenty-two caliber, nothing else. Suppose I arrest her right now? Suppose she isn't carrying the gun. No, the only thing we can do is put a tail on her, have her shadowed night and day, and wait until she wants to use that pistol again. But if we delay, it could be too late. And if we move now, it could be too early. most people would agree, can be the most important thing in life, and in death, too. For all of Lieutenant Kramer's insight, and for all of Inspector Farley's experience, these two, unfortunately, don't know what we know. As it happens, when she turned into the apartment house just 30 seconds ago, Bernadette Cobb did have the deadly little twenty-two caliber pistol in her bag, because she had just returned home from a fresh murder, the murder of a Mrs. Harris. And uh, who is Mrs. Harris? A seemingly inoffensive suburban housewife who was, as we saw, obviously minding her own business while she was hanging her clothes on the line. It seems that all occupations are becoming more and more hazardous, especially with Mrs. Cobb on the loose. More hazards in Act 3 when I return. a murder case can be like splitting a diamond. When the diamond is struck perfectly, it breaks into a number of smaller precious stones. But let the wrong force be employed in the wrong direction, and one runs the risk of reducing a precious stone to dust. And just as a jewel can be lost, so can one lose the opportunity to catch a murderer forever. Precision. That's a key word for diamond cutters and detectives alike. Diamond cutters and detectives, how similar their professions can be. Each has at his fingertips a wealth of scientific guidance. And yet, when the time comes to strike the crucial blow, success or failure depends on pure instinct. What's the woman's name, Inspector? Mrs. Mabel Harris. She was killed this morning. And it becomes our party because the lab reports the bullet was fired from the same twenty-two caliber. Okay. A woman named Mabel Harris killed this morning. At noon, we were staking out the little old lady's doorway. Along comes our little old lady. And just a minute, she please. She was probably coming back from her latest killing. He probably had the gun in her purse. Louise, you can't get carried away. Okay, look, we made the decision not to take her. Yeah. I could have been wrong to want to risk letting her escape forever by trying to take her right there. But I went along with you then. Now, don't you back down on me now. Who's backing down? The little old lady theory uh, of whatever, rests on one fundamental premise. She's out to punish people who were cruel to animals. Now we have a dame named Mabel Harris, dead. If you can't find me a cruelty to animal angle there, your little old lady is out the window. I know I'll find that angle. What makes you so sure? Because it has to be there. Bernadette? Y- yes, Martin, my dear? Is everything all right? Of course, of course. Are you sure? My darling, right because you seem so... so out of sorts lately. Oh? Do I? For one thing, you insist on wearing that, that ridiculous red wig. Is it ridiculous, Martin? <laughs> darling, your own hair is so soft and silky. Why would you even think of hiding it? Because, darling, there may be danger. Danger? From whom? Oh, my dear Martin, you've been away from the world so long, confined here the way you are. You don't know what it's like on the streets anymore. Well, uh, What's troubling you? What, what's really troubling you? I feel that people are looking for me. Looking for you? I feel their eyes seeking me out. Searching for me. Oh, dear, dear, dear. You've been working so hard to support both of us. You're just exhausted. Physically and emotionally. Now, sit beside me. Yeah. Yes. Max, close your eyes. You'll feel better. Yes, my darling. I'm tired. I'm so tired. Mr. Harris, did your wife have any enemies that you knew of? Enemies? Mabel with enemies? Everybody loved Mabel. A woman, kind, loving, generous woman, hanging up her clothes in her own backyard... Some depraved some Mr. human Harris, beast. Just answer one question. How did your wife feel about animals? Inspector, is this woman for real? How can anybody in their right mind ask a question like that at a time like this? Do you suppose you could answer it? Mabel loved them. A stray dog couldn't walk down the street, but she'd give them something to eat. What do you mean by that question? She made a mistake. One very, very unfortunate mistake. But it was an honest mistake. You don't know how sick that mistake made her. What mistake? Well, that's why when this lieutenant asked the question about animals, it was as if she was trying to make poor Mabel be some kind of a, a monster. I'm afraid I don't know what you're talking about. Genghis Khan. Genghis Khan? Our uh, her big doberman Pinch. He was big, mean-looking, and that's why she called him Genghis Khan. But he was really very gentle. Yeah? Yeah, he has been sort of out of sorts. A couple of days ago, she thought she might drop by the vet. Well, she had some shopping to do first, and so she stopped off at the supermarket. Yeah, yeah. And she parked in a lot. You know, the heat wave we've been having? Well, they got this law about how you can't bring dogs into the supermarkets, you know? Yeah, I know. So she left him. She, She had to leave him in the car. Well, she never does this. I mean, she's always sure to leave one window open. But that day, she just wasn't thinking. Well, maybe being sick and all, Jenkins was so quiet, she may have forgotten he was inside. But she closed all the windows. Oh. And she ran into some people she knew. And you know how women are, they can gab about nothing for hours. It was a terrible hot day, and the sun boiled down the inside of the car. And after a while, there was a commotion out on the lot. Some people must have noticed the dog just lying on the seat. He was a big dog. Yeah, gone, Mister Harris. He, he was dead, and people were angry. They were saying, find the owner of that dog, and that person should be arrested. Mabel, she remembered. She told me there was one old lady there who was shouting, the person who owns that dog should be shot. A little old lady. What are you doing here, Louise? Waiting for her, Inspector. You don't have to. we got it staked out all around the clock. Collins and O'Neill are on watch now. I want her, and I'm not taking any chances. Louise, you're a lieutenant. This isn't your kind of work. Look, I'm on my own time, Inspector. Yeah. Well, sooner or later, she has to try to make another move, and then we got her. We've been waiting for two weeks. We'll wait for two months. More if we have to. I wonder. What? Well, I better not tell you. You better not tell me what. Well, maybe we can help her move. How? Oh. Well, I'll do it on my time off, and then you won't be able to turn me down. <laughs> oh, darling. darling. you're so nervous. Well, that was one of the few plates we have left from our wedding. You remember my sister Martha presented yes, darling, us. I remember. No. How I... My darling, the ultimate fate of any dish is to be broken one day. Now, tell me, why are you so nervous? What's upsetting you? Oh, I really, I, I'm very much concerned. Oh, no, Martin. We can't afford to have you... Be... Please, listen, dear. I was looking in the desk drawer a few days ago. Mine? That's my desk. I didn't mean to pry, but Martha had called and asked for Millicent's address, and I thought you kept your little book there. Benedict, why do you have a pistol? Oh, darling, the world has become so dangerous. Thieves, bandits, burglars. But the only function of a pistol is to kill somebody. You don't know what the world has become. We must be able to protect ourselves. To kill is a sin. Martin, I know the kind of world you want. And we shall have it. Certain people must be taken care of first. What are you talking about? Nothing, nothing. Oh, please, you must get rid of the pistol. Why? I'm afraid. There are times when you show so much anger. I, I don't think it's wise for you to have a gun. Martin, don't be silly. I, I couldn't kill anyone. Well, this gun, it, it, it's just a scare people with. I'd feel better if you'd let me make sure about that. What did you say, Martin? What do you mean? Make sure of it. Nothing. Nothing at all. Sometimes I just talk aimlessly. Forget it. Oh, excuse me, ma'am. Would you know the price of this cocoa? It's marked on the side. Of course. Here it is. It's so strange. Strange? Strange to be paying anything at all for cocoa. I was just down in South America where it uh, kind of grows wild, you know. Uh, that, that's where I shot this uh, caverina. This what? Uh, this caverina. A very rare species of ocelot. Yes. I've noticed you wearing that scarf. Fantastic fur. Thin enough to wear on a cool summer day and warm enough even for the coldest winter. Yes. It's such terrific hunting. Well, I have to get down there again soon. The caverina is practically extinct, and I want to make sure I get my share. Proud of yourself, aren't you? Well, I don't like to brag, but I'm a great shot. I blasted that cat right between the eyes. A living, breathing animal, a sacred creation, must give up its life—a cruel sacrifice to your vanity. Excuse me. Thank you for helping. There is a judgment, and there is a judge, and you have been judged. Uh. Goodbye. And found guilty. This is Lieutenant Kramer. Any messages? Call Inspector Farley urgent. Oh, thank you. Don't touch that phone, please. <gasps> How did you... Put down. That's it. I don't move. You can't get away with this. I'm not getting away with anything. I'm not committing a crime. You're pointing a gun at me. Obviously, you intend to kill me. That's a crime. No. I'm ridding the world of those people who make the world an abomination. A murderess. But you are also a murderer. Clever talk and twisted logic cannot save you. Nothing can save you. Just as you shot that poor, beautiful animal, I shall shoot you. Strange. You are also a poor, beautiful animal. And I shall now administer Justice. 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 Let me go off the stop! No, no, I don't want no. no. Let the hurt somebody. you me to hurt you. Stop it. Oh, it didn't go off. Oh, it didn't go. Up. No, I was, I was trying to hear it. Oh, <laughs> <goodness>. the foot Oh. Who's the damn little little kind of It didn't go off. It Suppose the trigger that the gun didn't fire. Must be a fault he caught to. No, do I'm sure. I'm soon, Dr. Fissler. Up at our sight, the Lord did not want the gun to be fired. A trigger that a gun didn't fire, it has no firing, Kim. The firing bin's been removed. Oh, no. No. Oh, that, that's what he meant. That's what who meant, Mrs. Cobb? It's what Martin meant. When he said he'd make sure of it. Oh, Martin, why did you do this to me? Come along, Mrs. Coward. Martin had no right to do that. He shouldn't have taken a fire's bin out. That was very underhanded, very sneaky. Everyone's against me. And in the end, they all show their true colors, even Martin. But I'll settle accounts with him one day... eventually, I think she forgave Martin. As you might suspect, a little old lady killer has been committed to an institution. And since Martin would be all alone in the world, she lives there too and helps take care of her. However, it's hard to say. She could be biding her time and awaiting her opportunity as are so many other people, all of whom are certainly acting from the purest of motives. What a world it used to be that only demons and devils and the blackest-hearted villains were the killers. Ah, what do you know? It seems that some very fine people are moving into it also. And so, if you should be rudely snuffed out, the chances are that you might have been murdered by a very nice person. I shall return shortly. We have several, but the one that would appear to be the most obvious is, as a philosopher once said, all extremes meet in eternity. Super kindness is the other face of super cruelty. Obsessive love is the other side of super hate. And isn't it strange sometimes that so many people who so strongly protest cruelty to animals tend to overlook cruelty to one of the most prevalent animals on this globe, homo sapiens. Well, why not? After all, since when was consistency one of mankind's most deeply ingrained virtues? Never. Consistency is supposed to be the hobgoblin of little minds. Therefore, all of you, the only consistency that has any real value is the consistency of listening to our broadcasts here seven times each week. Our cast included Diane Baker, Ann Seymour, Alan Reed, Marvin Miller, and Barry Kroger. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. And now, a preview of our next tale. I'm not a person, I'm a commodity. Oh, what? You all just leave me alone. To be what? To be a... I I, I don't know what. I never even seem to have a chance to find out for myself. To be Marcy Gerstenberg, first off, I guess... After this picture, Marcy Gerstenberg will no longer exist. There will only be Marcy Herrick. And if I don't want to be Marcy Herrick... Pretty hard to escape there's also one contract I don't think you could break. What? An unwritten one. For the very sick lady in the hospital. Oh. Your mother. Who's going to have open heart surgery. Very expensive oh, surgery. No, no, no. Don't. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre.